0: you're listening to the sill podcast perspectives on art and technology with Peter noche and Harry Posner mm-hmm. episode 23 work is it doing its job
1: Working in a coal mine, going down down down
0: Do you think you work too much?
1: No, I don't actually. I don't think I work too much. It depends on what you mean by work. My day job is a part-time job, so I'm not working five days a week at this Mm -hmm. point. Probably averaging three days a week to four, maybe, when it's busier. But I also work at my writing, which I consider work. I work at creating events through my poet laureate position. Mm -hmm. That's work even though there's really no pay involved. Right. So there's work and there's work. (laughs) There's work to pay the bills and there's work to pay the heart.
0: So in the end, don't you actually think that In all likelihood, you're probably putting in more than 40 hours a week in total time.
1: Well, probably if you include writing and scheming and contacting poets and sitting down with writers and creating festivals and talking to town councils yeah i put in an awful lot of work and maybe more than 40 hours a week sure Mm,
0: but doesn't actually feel like it though does it
1: doesn't feel like it and (laughs) if you ask my wife she would probably say i don't work hard enough but uh, yeah so again it depends on what you mean by work
0: does she ever say that you don't work
1: not nearly as much as she does She works five days a week in a heavy-duty corporate environment. Mm -hmm. She's been doing it for years and years and years, Mm -hmm. leaves early in the morning, comes back later at night, Mm -hmm. and what if I complain about work? She says, don't you complain about work. (laughs) You have no right to complain about work when I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: So how do you feel about that?
1: Well, I feel it's a bit unfair because, as I said, other things I do which don't bring in dollars are of value, and I consider work and meaningful work.
0: Because you're contributing in other ways and to other systems, not just yourself and your spouse. You're contributing to the community. You're doing other work that has value, which is, I think, a real problem in the industrialized world in terms of how we value work.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: So the first thing that comes to my mind is mothers, which to me personally is the most important job there is, bar none. I would put them ahead of any CEO. I would put them even ahead of the president of a country, Mm -hmm. as crazy as that may sound, because I think that good mothering forms the basis of a sound society.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. The citizens of the country are only as aware and thoughtful and open as they're taught to be when they're children. So, yes, the ultimate job is to be a mother. And it's not recognized enough its value is not recognized enough uh, Mm -hmm. by society i look at the states you know the maternal leave is non-existent yes there's no paid holidays
0: the only country Mm -hmm. that has no legal basis that's right for giving people time off
1: yeah compared to say austria which has something like 38 days of paid holiday Mm -hmm. and vacation Canada, I think, has 19 19, a year.
0: People think or they equate time off with either laziness or non-productivity, which I don't agree with Mm -hmm. in terms of you have to look at what's actually being done in a set period of time. So, for example, someone who's working 12-hour days but spends the last three or four hours rereading the same sentence 15 times because they're so tired and nothing's going in Mm -hmm. what's the value of that it's like well he's still at his desk he must be working very hard
1: i think the mexicans with their siesta middle of the day you go away from work you have a siesta Mm. you rejuvenate same case in southern europe yeah you can go back and then finish your day with some energy
0: and sometimes they actually work into the evening
1: Mm -hmm. right
0: the difference is is they they're opting to do that they're not being forced to do that Right. So one can argue about the levels of productivity. And then again, when is enough enough?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is that these days in the modern world compared to even the industrial age, the average worker has less connection to what the company is doing. It has less at stake in the product that the company is producing or products. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, a lot of companies, the product is information. And yes. there's less stake in information as a product than there would be, say, 100 years ago when the product might be wicker chairs that you're making by hand in your company. And now the workers' hands are on the chair and their imprint is in the chair, and they have more at stake in the quality of that product than somebody pumping out some sort of informational app or program or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's a mm-hmm. different relationship to the product.
0: So let's talk about that in the context of a world view and nations in terms of how
1: the turnover rate for example in companies and how people are treated the corporate world generally these days in north america there is a high turnover rate where people will jump ship if they see a better salary over there they'll just go there there isn't the same sense of loyalty to the company that once upon a time you'd have because you had more security
0: There's a reason for that. It's not just because people are choosing to do that. Things have changed. What's changed?
1: Well, what's changed maybe is that companies feel that there's a glut of workers and that they don't feel like they need to worry if a worker jumps. Someone else will come along and take their place. So there's kind of a devaluing of workers and a consideration of them as more as units than as individual human beings Mm -hmm. to be respected and supported in some way
0: units of productivity.
1: Sure. In Japan and other countries, uh, workers are given a stake in the company. They work in an actual share in the company and are taken care of. They're given lots of vacation time. If they have kids, they may be arranged for daycare for the kids. They really support them. And consequently, the workers have great loyalty and stick around for many, many, many years. You don't see that over here. You don't see it.
0: Which really translates into the redistribution of profits. Mm -hmm. There's a give back.
1: Sure. And companies are all about profit. I mean, they've always been about profit, but they've also, in the earlier days, been about quality, not Mm -hmm. just about profit. And it seems to have been a fall off on that front, the quality front often.
0: We were talking about the extreme, so we have... Again, our neighbor seems to top the list in the number of hours worked, the least amount of time
1: off. 25% more uh, Americans work than Europeans, I think the statistic is. Works out to about an hour a day, you were saying? Yeah, an hour a day more than around the rest of the world, not including the third world countries. And how does
0: that different. translate in yeah. terms of productivity?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, Probably I would suspect that it would go down because productivity depends in part on the state of well-being that the worker feels. If the worker is full of stress and worry that they bring to their job every day, that means that they're less productive in general. Which also means you offset that by increasing the amount that you work. Yeah, you have to work harder to get the same amount of productivity. And you're stressed, and as a result, your family can be stressed, your children. It just vibrates right down the line all through society.
0: So the only country or company that's going to address that is the one that's sincerely concerned with well-being. Yeah. And not just profits.
1: I forget which company it was, but it wasn't that long ago that the CEO gave to each of his employees something like a lump sum of $15,000 or something, each. He just said, each of you gets this amount of money because you are important to this company, and I want you to feel like you're really valued. And they did that. It was an incredible act of generosity. Now, I imagine it'd be harder for a mega corporation to do that to their employees, but this middle-sized company did that. Mm -hmm. I read that a while ago. So there are enlightened owners, enlightened managers, and then there are those who are just out for profit and would take advantage at every opportunity of their workers. No wonder unions came along to balance it out.
0: Mm -hmm. The obvious one with workers, which is in the news all the time. But to me, there's so much that is not in the news or at least not in the news on a regular basis. And it's kind of pushed back in terms of my opinion of what is important or relative importance. And that is the social aspect, which goes back to the raising of children, child care in general, and what teachers and child care workers are paid in those situations. I think they're undervalued.
1: Oh, totally. Teaching, uh, I would say, is one of the most difficult and important professions out there they're shaping the future. They're helping to shape the future. So, mm-hmm. And a teacher is dealing with incredible stress and negative energy and problems and responsibility towards these young people in helping to shape them. Uh, so, yeah, I think teachers are very undervalued. We have to really acknowledge work that uh, should be acknowledged and recompense people for doing these kinds of things that normally often don't get recognized. And I'm thinking of artists as well, of course.
0: Artists that are not in the mainstream because there's a handful that perhaps are overpaid.
1: Yeah, and certain artists get raised to the status of icon. And they're the superstars and they get all the attention, whether it's writers or artists. And then all of the rest of the people, the, the 98% are toiling at the bottom not getting recognized, not getting reviewed and scrambling to get their work out there and therefore having to work at odd jobs or work that they don't find meaningful but have to work at because they need the money.
0: Mm -hmm. And the pressure to go with the system is quite high. I mean, you yourself mentioned how your work life differs from your spouse's work life. Your spouse's work life is very measurable in terms of how society measures things uh, right. she can very clearly state that she gets up at a certain time every day goes to where she needs to go does what she needs to do and it's very clear very emphatic and your life is not quite as clear or as emphatic in terms of how it's perceived not necessarily in what it actually is right yeah. uh, do you ever find yourself despite doing what you do do you ever find yourself questioning in other words is the pressure so great spoken or unspoken then even when you know you're doing what's right for you you still question because of outside factors
1: sure but i can't let that stop me from following my heart and my creative impulses nothing will stop me from doing that mm-hmm. and in some respects it's more important than anything else in my life
0: yes you know And you're also willing to claw back whatever you need to claw back in order to maintain that, right? So, for example, you really reduce your extravagances because the quality of your life is more important Mm -hmm. than the things you'll garner by giving that up.
1: North America has that Protestant work ethic thing going on. If you don't work, you're useless That's the fundamental proposition. Mm -hmm. If you don't work in the normal sense, you're a useless individual. Right. But that cuts out millions of people who want to work but can't, can't find the work. Exactly. Or are inclined towards work that isn't the normal work and that is more artistic, say. That basically says you people are useless, to society. So we're going to push you to the edges and not recognize that what you do is important and has value and is mm-hmm. a contribution. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a crime. I mean, that's wrong.
0: But it's also about the values that we've created, right? There's assertion that money and power are at the top of the list.
1: Exactly. So what about you? Are you working too much?
0: I don't think I work too much, but I know that I work more than most people think. I just don't talk about it. If I'm sitting in a social situation with people that have held so-called regular jobs, I have to almost pick my spots to communicate on certain things because sometimes I just get the sense that people don't value things that don't generate either X amount of dollars or that require you to adhere to a specific hourly discipline of some sort hmm There's never a discussion about all the things I do outside of normal work hours. Fortunately, I don't buy into it myself, but I have to admit that I have to sometimes deal with that, and sometimes I don't even want to explain because I feel like it's almost pointless to explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's that issue of, well, it's really not work if you're enjoying it that much, or that it must be nice to be able to do this at 3 o'clock instead of at 9 o'clock. Right. Uh, right. Or... There's never a discussion of, well, you're doing that at 9 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock or at 4 o'clock in the morning. But that doesn't really have value because it's outside the so-called 9 to 5. No, I'm not saying that everyone sees it as non-value, but there is this kind of unspoken Mm -hmm. rule of adhering to a certain mode.
1: Yeah, but now with the information age as it is, more and more people are able to work from home
0: which I've been doing for more than 20 years.
1: Yeah, now that wasn't the case before. You had to go into a place of work. Now the place of work can move with you in your briefcase, at your home, to a cafe, wherever you are can become your office.
0: Except at the bottom line, and this is where I don't have sometimes the, uh, the legs to stand on, so to speak, it'll always come down to what are you earning, not how much time you're spending right Mm -hmm. so this is the measure the measure always goes back to that in other words are you sustaining yourself are you earning enough money to cover the way that you live right and in some cases there is an argument to be made if you believe and that's in the system Mm -hmm. that no maybe you're not but most people i have found that do take that option are willing to do with less in order to maintain the position that they want to maintain.
1: Yeah, it's all about your choice of lifestyle. If you want to keep acquiring things and building your space and whatever it is more and more, mm-hmm. bigger and bigger, then the pressure is on to keep bringing in more money. But if you downsize, if you go with less, mm-hmm. the pressure is lessened. You don't need to to do yes. that. But in
0: my case, for example, I don't know if it's the same for you, but in my case, I went from a sort of standard system to one where I opted out. So I actually feel and those around me feel that change. It's not like I always did with nothing and continued doing with nothing. I acquired things. I bought into Mm -hmm. a way of living, which I have to take responsibility for. And then I opted out of that system. So suddenly, starting from scratch, you're falling short in the dollar end of things. But only in the dollar end, we get again into this question of value. Do we measure value only in terms of dollars? If my life was measured in terms of only dollars, then one could easily say you're failing or you're not coming up to snuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then what about all the people you've helped or sure. whose lives you've improved, or remove stress in some way, whatever. There are so many other things that go on mm-hmm. that you have no way of equating on paper.
1: I you know, think of all the volunteer work that goes on, those hours and hours and hours that people give to their community. I mean, I teach kids chess mm-hmm. uh, every few weeks in my local community. I take three hours out of my day. Mm-hmm. Every other Tuesday, I'm mm-hmm. there doing that. I'm doing workshops at the library on poetry and giving of my time and efforts and this contribution there to my local community. But it's not recognized as work. Really, it isn't.
0: No, because people would say or people in the so-called norm would argue that, well, that's great once your work day is over. So once you've earned your income, then you can go and teach kids to play chess. Right almost as if well it doesn't really require any energy or effort to do that
1: you know yeah, I mean if i taught those uh, taught kids chess every day of the week mm-hmm. and made that enormous contribution in that way it still wouldn't be considered work
0: exactly right, because i'm
1: giving of my time without money coming back mm-hmm. right
0: so then i would say for example not that anyone would take it to that level but then i would say i wonder how the parents of those children that you're helping or teaching chess to feel about the value of what you're giving them. I question myself. I have a son who's 31 years old, going on 32, and I talk to him and I talk to his peers and I talk to people that I work with who are older than I am. And there's value in all sides, but sometimes we tend to remain focused in one spot and don't give ourselves the opportunity to explore both sides because I think that there's the re-evaluation of values that needs to take place.
1: That's Nietzsche. Yeah. Nietzsche said we need to reevaluate all values. Oh. Yeah. Put everything in question again and evaluate and reevaluate how we approach it, what we value in our lives, in society, and shift and change accordingly. Mm-hmm. But we've been kind of led in that re-evaluation led by the nose, in a sense, by technology and the information age. Uh, Everything has to kind of funnel its way through that.
0: Well, we're under a fundamental change here. A lot of jobs are not coming back. There's a transformation going on right now that we need to reevaluate because the old system will not work anymore with all the good intentions and all the morality. It's just not practical anymore. A lot of jobs are not going to exist. Retail, for example which has supported a tremendous number of people, is changing very, very quickly. Uh, Soon you won't need someone at a cash register. We're evolving so quickly that if we do not change our thinking, it's not going to work. We will suffer unnecessarily.
1: Yeah, we have to become more fluid as well. Often the argument is made against closing down a plant that is polluting The argument is, oh, all these jobs are going to be lost if we close down this plant. And really, the counter-argument is, it doesn't matter. The plant has to be closed for the sake of the planet. The workers have to be fluid enough to find other places to work at, to develop other skills, and shift what they already have to another company or set of companies. We can't use the excuse of losing jobs to not do what's right for the planet, So that holistic way of thinking is impinging on a lot of decisions in the corporate world, for example.
0: And for me, that whole not losing jobs is also a way of thinking because you're thinking in the old model. If those same people were now being used to clean up the factory that messed up the environment, that's the new job. The new job is the cleanup.
1: To retrofit it or, yeah.
0: But the reason why those things don't take place at a faster pace all comes down to the profit motive and things that have nothing to do with the overall value. It has to do with whose pockets are being lined.
1: Yeah, Um, so it's competitive and not cooperative. That doesn't make for a healthy work environment Mm -hmm. at all.
0: Where do you draw that line? When is enough enough?
1: We have to evaluate our own values as individuals and where we really should be in terms of our work lives. Where do, we, where do we feel most comfortable? Where do we feel we can make the most contribution and leave the monetary equation out of it as much as we can?
0: Do we have the ability to get off the existing treadmill so that we can even begin that process? Well,
1: you did in your way. We've talked to other people like Andrew Welch who got off the treadmill yes. early in life yes. comparatively and are managing, surviving, doing what we do uh, to get through. I think sometimes people don't understand
0: how challenging it is to make decisions that are counter to the norm.
1: Well, partly because uh, of the effect on the family and on the relationship. Yes. You know, if the dad or the mom who is uh, making all this money and keeping the thing afloat has this sudden change of heart and wants to go to the Himalayas and become an artist or a Tibetan shepherd, because that's where their true heart lies, then what happens to the family? What happens to the other spouse who has been dependent on them for survival? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're right. It's not a simple decision, and it's very hard to make that kind of decision, to change your work life, because it affects more than yourself, uh, usually. But you
0: only have one life.
1: You only have one life. At least
0: as far as we know.
1: Unless you're a Hindu, in which case you may have 300 lives. Yeah,
0: but we only <laughs> have one that we know for sure.
1: <laughs> so work at that life. Yeah. Work it, work it, work it, I say.
0: The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at ConnectingDotsMedia.com.